is Most people would consider this illegal. 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 Since we are the best and you agree with me, right? No need to debate. Hey world, it's your girl Drea here, Long E, bringing you that sports spice, all natural facts, no added ingredients or preservatives. And y'all already know I'm here with your favorite fan factives, but you can call us the Fan Factive Five. And we're back to giving you some facts center and great debater realness today. So fellas, say hello to the people out there. Cy, kick us off. What's up, what's up? Wishings blessings and everything that comes with it in this brand new year hopefully you know it's gonna be a better year than uh the year we're in so let's get it going 2021 and mike how you living you know me i'm gonna get you sports game for free you better get you some and uh ready to rock man happy new year happy new year and derek Happy holidays out there, everyone. Good to be back with you guys. Hope everybody had a safe and very Merry Christmas and looking forward to this 2021. 2021. And y'all, this is the last Fan Factive episode of 2020. And 2020 has been a wild as hell year. And, you know, recently the Fan Factive group chats, group chats have been on 10 lately. So it's only fitting that we squeeze in one last episode before we ring in the new year. So we have two things to talk about today. One, the state of the fanhood across Bay Area sports. It's just across the spectrum. So that's something that we need to talk about. And two, we'll get into an interesting discussion on which NBA squad we would pick in a three-on-three game. I'm not gonna drop the rosters just yet, uh, but you're gonna wanna see what we have to say there. So fellas, let's get right into it. As I mentioned, it's a very peculiar time to be a Bay Area sports fan. It's a totally different vibe. And for the most part, teams are completely different from Warriors to the 49ers and even the Raiders. Yes, on the Fan Factive Network, we're still claiming them as a Bay Area team. So you know what, let's let's talk about it. Derek, what's grinding your gears about being a Bay Area sports fan this year? Or what do you wanna talk about the state of our fanhood here locally? Well, I think that one of the things that Bay Area fans are experiencing right now is a lot of question marks, because when you look around the Bay Area and the sports teams from the Niners to the Raiders to the Giants to the A's, the Dubs, we have been blessed this last decade let's say, with a lot of good sports. We brought home championships. We've been to championship games. Teams have been competitive, playoff teams. And so I think that when you look at what's transpired this year and you kind of run down the state of where the Warriors are at right now, the Niners, the Raiders, the A's, the Giants, I think there's more question marks than anything. I mean, aside from the A's, who actually got out of the first round of the playoffs this year and got into a second series and eventually uh, fell to the Houston Astros. I think that you're looking at a bunch of franchises that, you know, don't know what direction they're headed in at this point. And I think that that kind of 
you know, in today's world, we become prisoners of the moment. So where, you know, me being a Niner fan, where I see a lot of guys, you know, were riding and dying with Jimmy G last year. Now, you know, the first pass Nick Mullins completed, you know, they were ready to pack his bags for him and run out of town. <laughs> and I think that we're in a time where we, people like to know, they like to have answers. And I, I think there's too many question marks right now surrounding the Bay Area teams and what direction they're headed. How can they get back to prominence? So it's causing a lot of unrest with the fans. And what I would kind of say to everybody out there is, you know, that um, for your team, you know, you kind of just need to trust in the process and understand that, you know, with sports, there's going to be up and down years. I know I kind of put this on the group text the other day, and it's something that I like to talk about a lot, which is I don't believe in the oh, well, there's next year, or oh, well, next year, you know, for the Warriors, oh, next year, we're going to get clay back, or next year, the Niners are going to be healthy. I don't believe there's any such thing as next year, because in sports today, with free agency, with the multitude of injuries, nothing is guaranteed. So you really need to seize the moment when that opportunity is there, and you can win, you need to win, because you never know. People talk about championship windows. I mean, would it be fair to say that maybe the, the Niner championship window was 2019? I don't know yet. And I think that that is the thought that is causing a lot of fans unrest because they're not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But I, I would just kind of caution everybody to kick back and relax, you know, continue to root for your team and, you know, have trust in the system. There's going to be up years. There's going to be down years. But one thing in the Bay is we have a, we have a fan base that, that I believe, you know, really kind of rides and dies with their teams. There's a lot of support, especially, and I know my, my Niner friends are going to hate me, but the Raiders have a cult-like following. I will always think of them as one of the most storied franchises in sports, period. And they are Oakland. It's always going to be town business there. And, um, you know, I, I would just say, you know, let's trust in the process. Let's enjoy the good times that we've had and look out for the future. I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. And I feel like for me, I'm, when I hear, when I'm listening to 95.7 and fans are just going crazy about blowing everything up across the Bay, it's just to your point, like we just got to calm down. There's ebbs and flows to building, to building a dynasty. And so Sai, give us your thoughts. I know you got a, got some insights, some thoughts on this topic here. Well, for me, I'll say this because again, I, I, I've been in the Bay Area for a while now, you know what I mean? I have both of my kids here. I came, I came out here to go to high school, you know? So mm -hmm. for me, looking at the sports Wait, which teams, high school did you go to? I went to Del Mar. Oh, okay. Went to Del Mar, right? Up in the 408. So to me, I have a different hey. take because, because my teams are all where I grew up and was raised, which is L.A. So all my teams mm -hmm. are from out there. So for me, I can give you guys a different take on what I've seen, right? So one thing about the Bay Area fan base is very not – they're very diehard, and they had a lot – let's be honest, they had a lot of down, down years. Mm -hmm. Down years across the board, yeah. right? So when, so then they started winning, except my beloved Raiders, the <laughs> Oakland Raiders, which would always be, I would always call it Oakland Raiders to me. I'm not never going to say 
Las Vegas, right? So, right. so the Giants won, the Warriors won, both out of nowhere. Both out of nowhere. Nobody, nobody chose both teams to come in and win. So they won and they consistently won. You have to make tough decisions to prolong a window, a championship window. You have to strike it when it's hot. The, the Giants did it. The Warriors did it. The Warriors did it by KD coming along, and it stretched it out. So right now they're in the same funk, meaning do you stay where you're at and wait like you're like, like Derek said, like you said, you wait to see it out. Okay, we'll bring up the Warriors, for example. We're four games in, but four games in will let you know that this team is not going to go anywhere. You have to make changes. The Giants, they did the same thing. They keep bringing people back that help them win the championship and you give them money and then injuries hit and now you're stuck. What I'm saying is the great franchises, the San Antonio Spurs, the New England Patriots, they make tough choices and they prolong the window. That's what you want to do as a fan base. Mm -hmm. You want to feel as, a, as, as I'm a Laker fan and I'm going to tell you this. I, want, I, saw my first, I, saw, I, saw my, I saw my first championship when I was five years old, right? That's my first championship. And I just seen my, my the next one last year. But within those, between five and 40 years that I was, how many championships have I personally seen my team win? Ten. Tough choices need to be made. You have to strike. You have to. Make things happen. You don't wait around and wait for people to blossom. You don't do that. You, if, if, you're a, if you have an ability to change how your team is going to look, you make it happen. You bring in whoever you need to bring in and prolong this window. That's what you got to do. You do not wait and get stagnant or long in the tooth. If, if Believe what your eyes sees. Believe what your eyes is telling you. I'm telling you that now as a fan. As a fan from some, that's not, his team is not in the Bay Area, but you guys are, and you guys are part of my team. So I'm telling you guys what, how you prolong a window. Tough choices need to be made if you want to succeed. Or you're going to say, you know what, thank you for the three rings, and now I don't mind being a loser for the next 15, 20 years. Now, if you're happy with that, that's fine. But if you want to prolong a window and you want your team to be in it every year, you have to make tough choices. No, you're right. But you know, I, I keep telling people like, let me give it 10 games before I really make the judgment call for myself personally as a fan on, do we blow this up or do we still, you know, do we ride until the wheels fall off? Like the wheels are kind of a little shaky right now. So we gonna see <laughs> what happens uh, after that 10th game. And, and Mike, I know as a local day one fan, you got some thoughts here, you got some things to say. So let us know what's on your mind. Well, 2020, as far as a Bay Area sports fan, was pretty tough. Like what Derek said earlier, I 100% agree with him. Bay Area sports fans, when you really think about it, with our teams, have been extremely blessed in this past decade, from 2010 to 2019. Every Bay Area team, professionally, has at least gone to the playoffs. When you even the San Jose Sharks went to the finals, the Stanley Cup finals in 2016, they lost. But for fans of the San Jose Sharks, they still got to see their team go to the Stanley Cup finals. When you look at the Raiders, Raiders as the Oakland Raiders went 
to the playoffs for the first time in umpteenth years, you know, John Gruden's first tenure as a, a Raiders head coach, you know, in 2016, it looked promising other than Derek Carr snapping his ankle that year. But still, we were able to see our team go to the playoffs. Then you got the 49ers that actually their team went to the Super Bowl in the past decade twice. It's hard to lose in the Super Bowl. I was generally physically sick when the Raiders lost uh, in 2000, I believe, too. Uh, I literally was sick. I went home and went to sleep at 8.30. I was that sick. So I know the pain that a 49ers fan may have felt in those last two years, but you got to see your teams go. So we've been spoiled. And the A's have been to the playoffs. I mean, the A's went this year in 2020, and actually out of all the Bay Area teams, looked like the team that might be possibly the team that could win a championship, a World Series championship, until they fizzled out. But even with the San Francisco Giants, 2010, 2012, 2014, when you look at it, when I really crunch the numbers, only 2011 and 2010 did a Bay Area team not go to the finals. So you got San Francisco in 2010, 2012, 2014. You got the Sharks that went in 2016. You got the 49ers that went in 2012 and 2019. You got the Warriors that went from 2015 to 2019. So Bay Area fans have seen the best of the best, just not even playoffs, but actually have been in the finals and see their teams win. Excuse me. In 2015, when they won the championship for the first time, the parade that was one of the top five best times of my life. Millions of people, drugs, drinking, police don't care about nothing, no <laughs> fights. I didn't see one fight. One person got shot. Okay, out of a million people. That's gotta be a great statistic. I mean, it was one of the best times, one of the funnest times. And I can just imagine, I didn't get to go to the parades with the San Francisco uh, Giants, but I was on the BART when it was all going on, when people were going and it was a static so uh we were we've been truly blessed truly spoiled and we've come into 2020 now as really looking at a realistic sports year for kind of an unrealistic time you know when you look at the pandemic and COVID things have happened unprecedented that we've never seen before that we probably never thought would happen in our lives that we're on shutdown and wearing masks and no fans Sports have been shut down, but not that just in our Bay Area sports. I mean, it's been devastating to go from being spoiled, blessed, you know, championships, parades to coming into 2020. We have a San Francisco 49ers team that caught heat that was doing their thing going to 2020. They lose the Super Bowl, you know, last couple of minutes, lose the Super Bowl. So that starts off 2024. Then you got the city of Oakland that just really took a beating this year in 2020. When you really think about sports, they lose the Raiders that goes to Vegas. They lose the Warriors that goes to San Francisco, you know, to mm-hmm. find better, mm-hmm. greener pastures. A's look promising. They end up fizzling out. Last 10 games, they go five, five starting lineup looks horrible. We get into the playoffs for the first time, get actually past the first round, but can't get succeed when we probably should have been a World Series team. Giants look promising, but they didn't do anything. 49ers and Raiders, I don't even want to talk about them and what ended up happening, especially (laughs) with the Niners with injuries. So it just turned into a realistic time for Bay Area sports fans that were kind of living a fantasy for the last 10 years. 
Right. And then for me, just to, to tackle on what you're saying about, you know, the warrior fans, the highs and the lows. And one thing that's been really catching me off guard is just this disrespect for Steph that's going on. All these conversations or topics or around, can he carry a team? Is he really that good? Is he this? Is he that? And I'm just like, do y'all forget who Steph is? Like recency bias is like really impacted people <laughs> when it comes to Steph and who he is. Three-time NBA champion, two-time most valuable player, six-time NBA all-star. And we always talk about defense. He's not good on defense or he's not as effective. He was the NBA steals leader in 2016. So again, we need to, as Bay Area fans, we need to put some more respect on Steph and what he does for this organization. Yes, Clay is a big piece that is missing from, from this dynasty, from this franchise this year, but we still have Steph. Like, that's a great way to be optimistic about what we can do. Like this season, we already know Clay's out. This is more of a, a rebuild that we need to be thinking about. But again, the thing that's just taken me off guard is just all the disrespect for Steph. And it's like, he needs to be on his, let me remind y'all tour. I forgot what uh, Joe Fortenbar had called uh, this era of the Warriors dynasty, but um, yeah, Steph deserves a lot more respect. And I was watching the game. Um, who did they just play? They played the Detroit Pistons. And even the refs were just calling, traveling, calling this, calling that. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is an all-star. Y'all better give him, you know, some, some slack on those calls. So for me, my thing is for, for the day one fans, even the gentrified warrior fans that don't even remember when we started in Oakland, like put the panic button on pause, take a chill. Dynasties take time to build. There are ebbs and flows to the dynasty. Sai, you know all about the ebbs and flows for the Lakers organization. You know what I mean? Like, but y'all ain't had a lot of wins since this last one, but that's for another conversation. I don't want to get Sai riled up because he'll get upset. So. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get upset. I'll just say <laughs> some slick back. That's all. all right, you got, I mean, come on, we, we want to hear it. You got some slick to say. Yeah, but because you're, you're, you're saying the, I, you're saying the disrespect for Steph. I don't see it like that. I, I, I never. What, what you're talking about, Steph, is different from what he really is. He is not a, a, a player that you put this type of team around him and you expect him to do something. What Steph is, what Steph is, is a Hall of Fame player that when he has good pieces around him, it elevates his game. Now, is his game... Doesn't that do that with everybody? Not with everybody. Now, right now, he doesn't have the components to make that. So will you expect what you're saying is people, I don't see the disrespect in him. What I, what I'm seeing is his, what he really is right now. He doesn't have the Iguodawas and the Livingston's and the clays. Right. And he's playing with D league players. Can he take a D league team to the playoffs? That's going to test his greatness. Now, when right, you but what I'm it, saying is we're only that, 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 into that, it. Let that, it give it some time. Like, we're so, talking that, up and... So right now, right now, this team, what, what he is right now is what he was before you put good pieces before him. Steph Curry's been in this league for a while now, and we saw in his earlier years his struggles. He wasn't taking the team nowhere. He wasn't. Pat, so so okay. that's the thing is there was evidence that before – Mark Jackson came before they drafted Draymond, before they drafted Clay. We saw the evidence that he was just a three-point shooter who was good and not getting his team nowhere. 
Remember, they traded Monte and said, this is your team. And what did that get them? Nothing. So this Three is what we're in. What well, we're in right okay, now. Okay. I know we, this is, this could be for a whole nother episode and a whole nother topic. So I don't want us to get us too off time here. Cause y'all got families. You got to feed and go home to and work. You got to go back to. So sorry, we will talk more about this for sure. <laughs> but, that so it did feel good to get some steam off, to get a little banter back and forth with my fan fact and brothers here. But we're gonna get ahead into a quick break, but when we return, we'll be back with a fan fact of heat, so don't go too far. So I'm a little giggly because we had a really fun uh, break segment, um, but that we will introduce as another episode uh, in 2021. So we just wrapped off some steam talking about the current state of the fanhood across Bay Area sports. And now we want to get into our second topic. So Sai, I'm going to give the spotlight to you to introduce our second topic because you kicked us off in the group chat and there's a lot of discussion there. So we want to bring it into the episode. So kick us off. So, you know, I was scrolling down and I found this and, and then I'll start looking at the the, co- the the comments, right? And what I what I noticed is nobody really was talking why they chose which group. And, and what we're talking about is I'm going to give you guys group A and group B. And each group has three NBA players as teammates and the question is, who would you choose in a three-on-three matchup? So when I'm looking at the comments, I didn't see anybody really have anything, any interesting basketball tape. So the first thing I thought of was my, you know, fan fact of family. And, and I wanted to hear your insight on why you chose what you chose, right? Not just, oh, I'm going to go B, I'm going to go A, which is the easy way out. So I'm going to give you team A. Team A is KD. <laughs> Kobe, and of course the chef, Steph Curry. <laughs> team B, team B is LeBron, MJ, and Kyrie. Those are the teams. And the question is, what team are you rolling with and why? Well, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go yeah, ahead. Who you, you want to go? If you guys don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I was... Before, when, when before I Derek, before silence. you jump in, Sai, you ain't had to shade us talking about we ain't had nothing interesting to say when it came to. I, I was talking about the comments where uh, I got uh, this from. Oh, my bad. Okay, I'll take that back. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I, she, I she's, she's still on fire. She's still on fire about that. Okay, Derek. She's still on fire about that. 
Uh, yeah. she, she's back. She's coming for Cy right now over Steph. So she was ready to jump on him right now. But but this is what I want to say. So I've seen similar things in the past throughout the year, um, different like five on five squads and stuff like that. And when Cy put that out there, that one really like I was like, whoa, it really threw me for a loop. And I thought it was one of the best ones yet. And off the top, I, I had one stat wrong as I, I had called out. I had said that both sides had 11 championships and Cy was right that uh, team team A only had 10. And I think I, I, I was given KD all three with the Warriors. And that's where I was coming up with the 11. Now, for me personally, I'm going to roll with team B. First and foremost, I want to say this, though, because Cy talked about taking the easy way out. I do want to start with this. I'm biased because I am MJ to the death of me. I think that there is nobody except for Kobe that can rival him as far as the greatest player of all time and just a real killer on the court. So first and foremost, any team that's got MJ on it, I'm immediately going to lean that way and then when I started looking at really how it would break down you know I look at you know the matchup of MJ versus Kobe and I and I know Kobe is a killer just like MJ the Mamba mentality but I've got to go Jordan we're, we're talking about Kobe is a man who kind of mimicked his game off of MJ and if we're talking about both players in their primes, like head to head like that. I got to give Jordan the slight edge. Then, of course, everybody knows I'm taking Steph over Kyrie. But I think Kyrie's quickness and the things that he can do. And unfortunately, us out here in the Bay will always remember the shot that he hit. So we know he's not afraid of the big moment. So I got to give Kyrie some love there. LeBron and KD matching up. Now, I know we, we, we know about KD is a sniper. He's a sharpshooter. He can score from anywhere on the floor. I just feel that LeBron is too physical. I would almost go out on a limb and say, even though I hold Jordan and Kobe on another tier than LeBron, if I needed one bucket, two points to save my life, and I had to give the ball to one of those guys – I, I think I'm gonna give it to LBJ because that man's gonna put his head down and take it to the rack and and one for me. He's gonna and one for your boy. So I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna roll with Team B. They're more physical. MJ is a killer, and even though Team A has a killer and has some shooters on their side, I think the physicality of Team B on the defensive side of the ball gets it done. Yeah, I mean, how I see it, as far as what you're talking about, as far as a killer, this question was a killer. It actually had me going for quite some time. When I seen Cy first put it out, I immediately thought the way that kind of Derek thought with MJ and just being able to see, you know, him air and star like he did and be like no other and be actually unstoppable and unstoppable force. But I have a question because it, it began to get very complex for me as far as which person or team I would take. <clears throat> so I have to ask Cy again, in the, in the kind of realm of the teams, what are we looking for as far as in these teams? With these two different teams, Cy, is it which team are you taking against the other team if they had to play against each other? Is it which three are you going to start your team with? 
Um, who do you, I, I need to know, I need more parameters before I can make a decision on which one I pick. So Cy, what do you see as far as with this question? Is it that you're talking about the three people that you pick to start your team? Who's the better, who's better as far as the three, out of the other three, is it against each other? It, it, like which team I would take if they had to play, if these three had to play each other, are these three, are you three on three? Or, you know, is it, so, is it fouls? Is it uh, new rules, old rules? Like, what's going on here? Mike, yes, how sir. about you answer it both? How about three on three? And <laughs> if these three was on the team that's going to lead a team to the to the finals, how about that? How about how about both ways? It doesn't matter the era. Gotcha. I can't I'm going to answer say, actually all different. I can't say. What the fouls is going to be? Is there fouls? Yes. If, if we're doing three on three, yes. If, if these three are, are part of a starting five and a team that's going to take you to the promised land, how about we, we get your answer all the way that's around? That's what I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. The buildup is here. What's the answer? Well, I'll <laughs> tell you like this then. I mean, if, if, if it's just how it is, I got a, a billion answers. It's depending on how you want it to play, how you want it to fall out. And I'm going to tell you like this, just off of if we're going – Okay, we're going to the park. It's a three-on-three basketball tournament. We're playing twos and ones. We're going to 16. You know, uh, I might have to go with – I just got to go with Jordan on that one. Jordan, LeBron, and Kyrie. Because what I've seen from Jordan, like I said, and what he has meant to to, to the whole league and just being unstoppable, the only man on that, just was never really stopped by, never really had an adversary, never had somebody that pushed him, you know, like that was on his same level at the time and and had somebody that was able to stop him. He just did everything. Now he had his own supporting cast, but he was a killer. He was a mauler. He did not stop. He would break your soul, you know? And when I look at the other team with Steph, with with Kobe and with uh, KD, they're the same ways, but there were times where, Things didn't happen the way they were supposed to happen. They lost championships. Um, they didn't bring the team to the promised land. I can remember in 2016 with Steph with his unanimous MVP and he not making it and then and then faltering in game seven. Kobe uh, not shooting in certain playoffs and not wanting to shoot and not making and losing to the Celtics. Uh, even with KD not being able to get over the hump until he came with, with uh, Steph. Well, Michael Jordan has never had that, you know. Now, if you're talking about today's times, if you're talking about who would I start a team with, I'm going with Team A because you got a unicorn, you got somebody can shoot from 30 feet, you got another guy that can shoot from 30 feet, and then you got the Mamba that can do almost anything. And if you're trying to start a team right now with the parameters on how everything goes in the NBA where threes are better than twos and that's what you need to do, that's the team I'm starting it off with. But if you're telling me just straight up, if which team will beat the other team, I'm going with team B. They're too hard. Jordan will not let them lose. He's going to dunk on somebody. He's going to hit a jumper in your eye, depending on who it is. It doesn't matter. They're going to get it. Kyrie cannot be stopped. LeBron definitely could not be stopped. I mean, he is pretty much a freight train. That team, as far as with team A, I don't think stand a chance. But if we're talking about if we need to start a new team or a new team, And these are the three players that you want to start with. I'm going with team A because those guys will shoot lights out at any time. You can't stop them. They're going to defeat you with the threes because twos, I don't care about dunks. 
when a man can shoot 50% from three and you got two of them on there and then you got another guy that can do it all with threes, dunks, passing. So give me team A if you want to start a team right now, but give me team B if you're talking about who, which team can beat the other team and which team is relentless. I'm going with team B with Jordan. So I'm gonna make this quick because Sai, we wanna hear what you gotta say. You know, you, you started this topic, so I'm gonna make my, my selection rationale very quick here. Between Kobe and MJ, Kobe is the more, what y'all say? Um, he's just a more defensive threat than MJ is. Looking at the stats, he was what, 12 time all defensive team. I don't think, jo I don't think Jordan was uh, that. Um, and when it comes to Katie and, and Braun, KD was a four-time leading scorer of the year. Braun, only one time. But Braun does have 18 years to KD's 13. So if KD has another five, he's going to surpass Braun. And then Steph and Kyrie, I mean, oh, Mike, I see you shaking your head. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> and with Steph and Kyrie, I'm rolling with Steph all day. All, all NBA teams, Steph Curry six, Kyrie two, season MVP, Curry two, Kyrie zero. So again, Looking at the pedigree of Team A, that's what I'm rolling with. I'm sorry, but I believe Michael Jordan was a nine-time all-team defensive player, and he won the defensive player of the year, which none of these people did other than Michael Jordan. So I believe, actually, that Jordan you was say, okay, the best I'm defensive player out of all six. I'm myself and you on that and get back to y'all on the next episode. So I will be fact-checking my fan fact of brother <laughs> on that one. All right. <laughs> so, you know, it was in the comments, everybody went with MJ. They said MJ was the deciding factor for why, right? And to me, that was the easy way out. They didn't say why. Me, I'm going with team A. And the reason I'm going with team A is there's only one person in in, in team A when you when you go matchup for matchup that for me makes a little different once when you're comparing each other. So of course I'm not gonna put the Mamba over MJ when M he took MJ's game and refined it to itself. Curry and Kyrie, right? One made a big shot. Only shot he's taken, he's made. That's probably the most even even list the, the most even matchup out of everything is Kyrie and Steph. The difference for me is KD. KD and LeBron to me is why I went with team A because one thing about this game, Mike said, what are we doing? So I'm going to start off with a three on three. If this is a three on three game, team A is the team that can make any shot on the floor. They are very creative, and again, they're tough shot takers and makers. That's the difference. Team B, two out of the three are. You got, Derek, you said if there's one basket that's needed, you're going to give it to LeBron, and he's going to put his head down and score wrong. What he's going to do is put his head down and pass because that's what we've seen him do. He doesn't want the ball when it, can, when it comes down to crunch time he doesn't want he wants to make the right basketball pass and he might find Kyrie for the shot or he might find MJ for the shot so he's not gonna take it I'm gonna go with the guys who are gonna make 
the tough shot makers, the ability to make something out of nothing. Again, two people on Team B can do that. That's that's their game. Jordan and Kyrie can make can make any shot and be creative enough to damn near do what they want on the floor. LeBron is the difference for me. I think his his inability on the offensive end with the ball, with his the way he dribbles the ball, and if you step off of him, he's going to take the jumper, and it's not as consistent as everybody else when it comes to shooting and creating your own shot when there's a tough defender on you. I went with KD in that. KD was the difference between choosing what group for me. I'll be honest with you. It was KD. I went with KD and Team A because everybody else was so close that if you you can argue one or the other with the other two. For me, in this game, I'm going with KD as being the 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 impact player that changes it. Now, if we're going as team in a team, you're going to build a team. You can go each either way because again, they all got rings. They're going to lead their team to the finals. But the difference is, I seen this man KD be the difference in the biggest stage, and that's the difference mm. between everybody on this on this team. Everybody here has been the biggest man on the stage at the highest times, except one. One. We've seen, we've seen Kyrie make his shots. We've seen everybody perform when the lights get bright. And everybody are MVP except two. And we'll leave that for another show because I'm not going to take a shot at nobody. I went with Team A Why I went with Team A. All right. I feel like, yeah, we need a part two of this because... You know, this is the Steph Curry disrespect is just unbelievable, continues, right? It's All unbelievable. Right. <laughs> wow. And so then, Mike, Mike, but I do, you know, I was doing some fact checking. You were correct. Michael Jordan, nine time all defensive teams, Kobe with 12. So he edges MJ just slightly, but you were right to call me out on that. So I appreciate you. All right. It's all good. But, but remember, Jordan didn't play as many years as Kobe. That's, that's a good point. But that's why my take is my take, and I pick teammate. So, <laughs> but before I wrap up, wrap it up here, you know, <laughs> we started today's episode saying how wild this year has been. So it's only right we wrap up today's episode talking about our top moments, our top sports moments of 2020. So many bright spots, especially in the middle of a pandemic, but a lot of moments that have really changed the culture of the game. So let's quickly talk about our top. Sports moment. Sai, kick us off with your moment of 2020. Oh, uh, my moment, man, it was tough because because you know, for 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 me, two of my teams won the whole thing. So I could have went there, but I didn't want to do that. So my moment started on um August 26th, a Wednesday. And that's when the Bucks started it by protesting and did not play their playoff game against the Orlando Magic. And that that ripple effect hit the sports world because then MLB protested, their players protested, and, and my beloved Dodgers and the Bay Area's beloved Giants follow suit and they canceled their game. And then the 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 hockey team, they, they did the same thing. Then we had tennis stars who did the same thing. Then we had the soccer teams who did the same thing. So the Bucks 
started a ripple effect that finally put everybody together. And, and, and that's something we didn't see, especially with hockey and, and the Major League Baseball. We, we didn't know where they stood with, with, with the Black Lives Matter and the injustice of, of, of the injustice that was happening in the world because none of their players ever spoke about it. We heard what the NBA players have been doing and saying for years for, with wearing the I can't believe shirts and, 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 and so on. So to me, sitting back and watching the world, the sports world stop for an important cause of, of saying, you know, enough is enough, especially in two, in two sports that are dominated with not having a lot of African-Americans in their sport, which was real important for me. Again, hockey players, we don't have a lot of African-Americans playing. Baseball, it used to be a lot in the 80s and, and 90s. When I grew up, I played baseball and I watched. We had a lot. We had a larger number. Right now, we don't have a large number. So for those two sports, um, two sports entities say, you know what? Enough is enough, and we're going to follow suit was big on my end. And that's why that day of August 26th was my biggest sports moment of the year. And Mike, for you? Yeah, unfortunately, the timely passing of Kobe Bean Bryant was the biggest sports moment um, of the 2020 year. It almost started the down spiral of what would become uh, because that actually happened before the pandemic hit and really stopped all sports. And that was truly the first thing that kind of stopped everything, um, not even sports, but just the world in general. So much, you know, to give to the world, so much left in his life. And then when you find out his daughter and other uh, friends and other people on the helicopter and just the whole details of everything just was truly sad. It was devastating. Um, it put life into perspective for me just to, you know, with me having children and that and uh, see him with his daughter and them being together in their last kind of final moment, him hugging her and protecting her yeah. even in their last moment. It was very powerful to me, very heart, heartbreaking, um, very sad, very traumatic, you know, and just how just across the world it touched many people, not even sports fans, uh, just everybody that maybe not even knew who Kobe was or heard of Kobe and, 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 and you know, was a novelist or didn't like him, um, all stopped, all came together uh, all, you know, stop to say, you know, I love you to a loved one or to call a loved one uh, right. or to put, you know, things back into perspective that we don't have enough time and it could happen to anybody, even a person like Kobe Bryant, you know, that has so much going for him and has so much promise and had did so much and was looked at as an icon and, uh, you know, gone far too soon. So uh, unfortunately, being, you know, that being a very devastating thing, uh, I believe that it was actually something that was truly uplifting on how people all came together. One was one. And then even with the sports teams, the Lakers and the, and the Dodgers, even Mookie Betts, you know, in the Dodgers stating that the Kobe Bryant thing having something to do with them having the motivation to win this championship and the Lakers winning um, was just all a good thing and all a feel good story uh, for the legacy of Kobe Bryant for all fans, just not LA fans, um, that we've seen, you know, at least his teams and his, his team win uh, and him, you know, his spirit to keep going. But yeah, that was the top thing for me. 
man, both of those were, were huge moments, fellas. Um, you know, definitely memorable things. Uh, I think I'm going to go with, uh, for, for me, the most memorable sports moment for me of 2020 was Alex Smith getting back on the field. I think uh, all of us know his story, and we had actually done uh, a couple of episodes, a two-part episode on the E60 documentary that ESPN did on him and watching what he went through. And obviously, again, being that, you know, he started his career out here in the Bay Area with the San Francisco 49ers, first pick in the draft in, in 2005. And so we obviously have ties to him. And he was just a good man, always a guy you wanted to see do well, went on to Kansas City ended up with the Redskins and the devastating injury and watching in that E60 what he went through and almost losing his life, how bad that injury really was, and to want to actually go out and play football again after that, first and foremost, speaks to his toughness and, you know, not just his physical strength, but his mental toughness, because going through something like that must be extremely traumatic. So I think it was really you know, unfortunately for Kyle Allen, but, you know, kind of ironic that Kyle Allen would suffer a bad ankle injury and that would force Alex Smith into action. And I remember sitting back watching that game on red zone when they were showing the moment of them putting him in. And, you know, it was just really surreal. And it was weird because I almost felt scared for him. Like, you know, it, when they're coming after him, you know, Aaron Donald, I'm kind of, you know, looking on the couch like, oh man, you know, and when they had panned up and showed his wife and his kids in the stand, I literally got tears in my eyes, like that moment of what they must have felt. So I think for me, that was just a really big moment. And I think it's inspiring for everybody because I think there's all things in life that we love to do. And if something were to happen to us to where that would jeopardize us ever getting to do something like that again, and then you know having to go through that mentally and then achieve that goal, I, I think it was something that just really touched me. No, and I'm with you on Derek. When I when that Alex Alex Smith story was out that he was making a comeback, I was like, this is the story I want to see for 2020 and the story that we deserve that Alex Smith deserves. So definitely spot on with that being one of the, the top moments. Um, for me, one of the top moments, uh, you know, goes beyond NBA and, and the NFL, but I'm giving my top moment to Naomi Osaka. Not only does she take the U.S. Open earlier this year and is this year's female AP athlete of the year, but during the tournament, if you recall, she wore seven masks with the names of black men and women that were killed by police. And in the world of tennis, you know, they're not really forced to tackle or even talk about the issues that are impacting the black community like we have in the NBA, the WNBA, NFL, um, et cetera. So for her to bring these issues front and center into part of a sports world that doesn't really talk about this a lot. Um, thought it was necessarily and, and utterly critical, um, especially for the tennis world to also talk about these issues front and center, but also making it visible. Tennis is a global international team. So with Naomi doing that, she's able to really, you know, expand this conversation um, internationally and globally as well too, even though it already, it already is. Um, so fellas, to close us out here in 2020, you know, I appreciate, each one of you for the banter, for the back and forth that we've had. We've had quite a year. We are missing our main guy, Tony, today. Um, but again, this has been a wild year for the Fan Factive team. We started as competitors earlier this year, just in March. 
had to shake a few folks. But now we're here uh, as the Fan Factive Five family. And I am super excited about what we've built together, the five of us, and what's in store for us next year. Um, and of course, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We're going to be bringing you that Fact Center and Great Debaters Heat Weekly, even in 2021. So make sure you follow us on all your social medias. And don't forget to, Mike. Get you some. There you go. <laughs> get you some more Bay Area sports talk wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Fan Fact of Five. We'll catch y'all next time in 2021. Bye. Bye. Peace. The neighbors think I'm selling dope. Selling dope. Selling dope. Selling dope. Selling dope. Yeah. I don't want no picture with the president. I just want to talk to the man. Speak for the boys in a bando. And my nigga never walking again. Apologize if I'm hopping again. I know these things happen often. But I'm back on the scene. I was lost in a dream as I write this a teen down in Austin. I've been building me a house back home in the South Mile.